Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote thanks for listening to the doug gottlieb show podcast Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Welcome in, everybody. It's Doug Gottlieb show. Doug is off this afternoon. I am Aaron Torres, joined by 11-year NFL vet TJ Hushmanzada. TJ, my man, what is going on today on this Friday? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm good. I can't complain one bit. Can't complain one bit. What? First of all, were you fired up last night? I mean, I want to get to speaking of fired up. I want to get to this Raiders Rams uh, fake brawl here in a minute. But were you were you locked in? It's it's so nice just on a Thursday. Now Saturday for the next few weeks until college football Sunday. It's just good to have football back on the TV, man. I'm not gonna lie. I actually was like, okay, four thirty. Hurry up. <laughs> like no lie, I, I was eager to see. I wanted to see how Devontae Smith would look. I wanted to see how Cam Newton would look. So. Yeah, I was looking forward to it. 
Well, I'll tell you, it is that time of year. Football is on our TVs every single weekend night here now for the next two or three weeks, leading into college football, leading into the NFL. And, TJ, there's always a few signs that football is getting close. You know, you you can uh, you got hard knocks. You can smell the grass. I mean, the leaves turn. And there's a brawl at practice somewhere. And usually the brawl happens and, uh, you know, you get the media outrage. Oh, my goodness, how can they do this? But the outrage yesterday, Raiders, Rams, dual practice, combined practice, the outrage came from an unexpected place. Again, a Raiders-Rams joint practice was broken up by a fight momentarily. I do want to get to John Gruden. Here is what John Gruden had to say. They know. They know better. Everybody knows better. And again, it wasn't everybody fighting. It'll be on TV. You'll see a bunch of guys screaming and yelling. But it was two guys in a special teams period. And then it was a lot of trash talking that escalated. It's just sickening, really. It's just stupidity but I'm done with that it's just child's play to me TJ how about you know we on the radio we're supposed to come in hot how about John Gruden coming in hot this is sickening uh listen uh, you know we we, you played football at the highest level I played in high school practice fights happen especially this late in the you know in training camp it feels like all the time do you believe that John Gruden was really sickened by everything or in the back of your mind do you think you know what I like that I saw a little toughness and a little fight from my guys you know, sometimes I don't know what to believe with John Gruden. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's acting or what, man. I I, I don't know. But if you don't want to fight, don't practice with somebody else. It's Great simple. call. If you, if you don't want your team fighting, practice amongst each other, and the fight should be limited. Other than that, uh, don't complain when they fight. You, it's you know it's practice, and so somebody they might do something that pisses you off, and you want to fight. It happens. And again, like with John Gruden, you just don't know. Is he serious or is he playing up because he has cameras in his face? I don't know. But I do know this. We, when I was playing with the Bengals, we uh, never practiced with anyone. Really? And then, yeah, never. And then one year, Marvin Lewis was like, we're going to practice with the Saints. You know what Marvin Lewis did? He didn't let me practice. Really? Because he said, I don't want, I know you're going to start a fight. <laughs> no, that's a true story. I he believe didn't. it. The two days we practiced, me and Chad were not allowed to practice at all. And, and so you know the guys that don't happen. And so you, you hold those guys out. And that's what Marvin Lewis did with us. And, and that's what John Gruden should have done with his team. Like, get out of here with all this damn complaining and all this and that. Shut up. If you don't want them to practice, don't practice or hold them out. Simple. So why do you believe that Marvin Lewis held you and Chad out? Was it you guys, you were trash talkers, you were going to rub it in a corner's face if you burned them deep? I mean, why do you think he had you out? Chad, we, me and Chad for sure was going to talk trash. Ch- Chad stuff wasn't going to turn into a fight. Mine's probably could have. Okay. And he, he was just being proactive because he knew. He knew. And, and I, don't, I don't mind him for doing that. I, I wanted to practice because when you do go against another team, just your intensity is higher. You, it's more exciting when you go against other guys. I will say that. And so that's the good part about it. And if guys can't be professionals and prevent fights from occurring and taking place, you hold those guys out. But for, I'm not going to lie, though. Like, I wanted to practice because it was fun. It looked – the one-on-one period, oh, my God. I was on the side talking trash, and I couldn't even get a rep. 
<laughs> and that that was going to be my question. So, what percentage would you say? And I guess every team's a little bit different. And I understand, right? There's limited reps, especially in a joint practice. I get all that. But what percentage would you say? Do you believe that coaches secretly love this stuff just because their guys are fired up, their guys are are ready to go, their guys are ready to hit somebody other than the guy that they've been practicing against every single week? I mean, to me, and again, uh, to be clear, I think everybody knows uh, I never played at the highest level, but I felt like one there was a little tongue-in-cheek acting from John Gruden and I feel like I'd be kind of fired up if my guys were fired up because that means that they're ready to go they're ready to hit somebody they were just glad to be going against somebody else sure it's the camp is pretty much over for everyone you finally get to go against somebody else you don't mind the fights you just don't want anybody to get hurt And, and I think each coach they're pretty much on the same page when it comes to that Y'all go ahead and fight. Just don't have anyone get hurt type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but with John Gruden, you just don't know, man. <laughs> you just don't know. Well, and that that was going to be my next question for you is, so John Gruden, of course, is going into year four. And like you said, uh, does a lot of stuff for the cameras. Um, you know, his career in many ways was reinvented by the cameras, basically gets fired in Tampa and, uh, you know, ends up being out of football for a few years, goes to the, the the booth and does a great job on Monday Night Football. And he's kind of this this quirky guy. And he says all this stuff. And, you know, why two spider banana or whatever? And he does the, the, uh, the, the Gruden training camp. And he leverages all of that into a 10-year, $100 million contract. And so uh, I think we all kind of watch him on Sundays and watch him in press conferences like yesterday and kind of sit there and say, a part of the, the, um, the, the, I don't know what the right word is, it's not acting, but part of the stage presence we see is kind of what was cultivated during his time on TV I, do you think he is yet feeling pressure? Because I just look at this guy, a $100 million contract. Like I said, he leveraged uh, you know, a really successful broadcasting career into the richest coaching contract in the history of American sports, probably the richest coaching contract in the history of sports in general. Um, and I, I do feel like, you know, I don't know if he's quote-unquote on the hot seat because they would owe him so much money. But at some point, it's like, you got to start delivering, man. I mean, this is now year four. you still got your guys goofing off in practice, getting in fights. And I don't know if it, if he seriously was upset and sickened and whatever other verbiage that he used, but it's kind of time to start delivering if you're John Gruden right now. You would think so, right? I mean, not even look at the draft picks that yes. they've had that were high draft picks that have yet to produce at the level expected with, that comes with their draft status. I mean, you, you look at Cleveland Farrell, Ruggs, Jonathan Abrams, the best one, obviously, has been Josh Jacobs. But they've dropped the ball on a lot of guys that were picked high. And, and, and so, but when you have a 10-year contract, I, I, when you're looking at it from John Gruden's perspective, it's, hey, they're not going to fire me. And, and that's the way that it looks. Who knows? But they just I, – I don't know, man. The Raiders, they, they have – they have talent. It's it just with John Groove, man. He hadn't won since he's been with Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And that was really Tony Dungy's players. Let's just be honest. Let's call it what it is. He won with Tony Dungy's players. And, and so uh, it's, it's up to uh, John Gruden to show that he, he can adapt to today's coach and today's player and today's game and improve the Raiders because thus far it's been lukewarm. Well, and it's a great point by you, TJ, because I think everybody kind of goes back to that Tampa rain. They remember the Super Bowl. As you said, year one, he goes from the Raiders 
previously to Tampa, wins a Super Bowl with uh, Tony Dungy's players, goes 12-4 and that year in the regular season. Next year, just the following year, 7-9, and nine, and he coaches seven years in Tampa, goes better than 9-7 and seven, just twice in seven years, three losing seasons out of seven in Tampa. And so I think we have this image in our head that Gruden was the modern-day John Madden or he was Bill Belichick or he was Andy Reid when he was in Tampa. Like, like yes, he, he did win a Super Bowl. Nobody can ever take that away from him. But he also really wasn't that successful winning, you know, uh, winning, uh, you know, uh, two seasons again above nine and seven in his seven years in Tampa. And so you go back even to the pre, you know, second iteration of the Raiders. It's not like this guy was going 12 and four every year and then just decided to get out of football for a while. I mean, he was really, frankly, to be perfectly honest, a pretty average quarterback, uh, pretty average head coach in Tampa, 57 and 55 overall in those seven years, including 12 and four in a Super Bowl run. And I think that's part of this that has gotten lost in history is that he probably wasn't as good in Tampa as we remember, even though, of course, as I said, he won a Super Bowl. You can never take that away from him. When you win a Super Bowl, you always gonna get you're gonna get elevated, so to speak. And yeah, he had uh, the majority of those main players that Tony Dungy had developed. But you you still got to win with him. And I'm not gonna take that from him to where it was like, oh, they were Tony Dungy's players. Gruden had to have put him in positions to be successful. And, and so I'm not I'm not gonna take that away from him. But all I know is since he's been with the Raiders. And the draft picks and things that have taken place got to be better. And, that, and that's just simple. Got to be better. Well, and you look at the on-the-field product, 4-12 and in year one. Okay, we get it. Tear down. Trade Khalil Mack. Trade Amari Cooper. But then it goes back to exactly what you just said, TJ. Uh, you know, in a situation where you get all these draft picks, you got to take advantage of them. They take a couple guys that really, it's not to say that they haven't worked out, but probably not at the level that you wanted them to. Clone Farrell, all these guys. 7-9 uh, and nine the following year. And then last year, year three, goes 8-8, eight and eight, which, you know, looks like an improvement on paper. But at one point, they're 6-3, and three, playing really well. They end up going 2-5 and five down the stretch. One of the wins was against the Jets on that last-second play that cost yeah. uh, Greg uh, – what am I, am I blanking on his name? Greg, Greg Williams. Williams. Greg Williams' job. The last win was against the Broncos when they were essentially already eliminated from the playoffs in Week 17. So it's like, you know, I, I if you just look at the win-loss record, it is getting better. But, I mean, even last year, 6-3 and three start. You're right there. You're right in the playoff chase, 2-5 and five down the stretch. They have to improve. I mean, it's just simple. But when you when you have top five draft picks, top fifteen, you got to hit on those guys more times than not. Especially when you draft those guys, and everybody's like, "Wait, wait, why'd they draft them?" And so it wasn't like when they drafted Cleveland Furrow, everybody was like, "Yeah, he's the consensus. He should be picked." That wasn't the case. That was a shock of a pick. And I'll also say when they drafted Henry Ruggs. That was a shock of a pick. And so when you go out on a limb and draft guys and it's surprising, those guys got to hit. They got to hit because when when you kind of veer off and go against conventional wisdom and what everyone else thought who should have been drafted, and now these guys aren't even performing at the level of where they were drafted, and people didn't believe they should have been drafted where they were drafted, it's a problem. 
Raiders obviously play in a pretty tough division, Kansas City Chiefs, and of course, uh, you know, the the Chargers, who a lot of people have high expectations for. They obviously open that big Monday night game against the Ravens. In your opinion, TJ, what do they have to do from a win-loss record perspective for you or for the consensus to say, okay, this thing is on track, Gruden is the guy, we have, a, you know, he, he like, Again, we're not saying he's on the hot seat. We're not saying you're going to fire him with five years, six years left on his contract at $100 million. But what what do they have to do on the field, do you believe, in a division with Patrick Mahomes and a division with Justin Herbert that makes you believe, okay, they're actually headed in the right direction? You just want to see progress. It, that You want to see progress. And what is progress? Fighting for a playoff spot. That division isn't easy because if the Broncos figure out what they're doing at quarterback uh, – they're going to play defense yep. with Fangio as a head coach. And so you're in a division where it's not going to be easy. Man, it's just one of those things, man. Like, what is it? You don't know. You just want to see improvement. You want to see improvement. I believe defensively with Gus Bradley there, I played under Gus. Gus is a very personable coach, has great, great energy, man. He's a guy you want to play for. I will say that. And so they're on the right track with that defensively. It's just, do they have the players? And you, you mean they draft Arnett, the corner out of Ohio State. I think people were surprised by that pick. This year, the lineman out of Alabama, people were surprised by that pick. So, I mean, it's not just every blue moon they draft a guy that's like, oh, what are they doing? It's every year. Yep. It's every single year. And so they just need to show improvement, man. They Offensively, they, they have guys now. Waller can flat out go one of the best tight ends in the game. Card is good. They did revamp their offensive line, which I thought, like, wow. I mean, they started – they were giving away good players. And so, uh, you just want to see improvement. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for – Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I mean, he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Aaron Torres. TJ Hushmanzada joining, uh, filling in for Doug. TJ, so you can, of course, listen to me every Saturday from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern time. TJ, up on game. Tell America what they can expect. What is it, uh, Saturday 1 to 3 Eastern? Is that correct? That is correct. Myself, LeVar Arrington, Plaxico Burris, just putting you up on game. It's self-explanatory, really. We we talk about every sport. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a different perspective than what you're used to hearing. Absolutely. Heard you on the Doug, uh, not the Doug Gottlieb show, the Dan Patrick show earlier this week. You guys were crushing it. So up on game one to three Eastern every Saturday. I'm on with Arnie Spanier at 11 p.m. Eastern on Saturday nights. Uh, TJ, as we said earlier, uh, it's great to have football back on. You said you could not wait until 4.30 p.m. Pacific time yesterday, 7.30 Eastern, when that Patriots-Eagles game was played. And interesting night. Interesting night of football overall. Cam Newton looked very good. Uh, eight of nine uh, completions in that game. Mac Jones, 13 of 19. And so obviously it led to a very compelling conversation today in all of sports media about is Mac Jones closing the gap? Is he a step closer? Should he be in consideration? Should he overtake Cam Newton? Where are you at on the Patriots quarterback situation right now? If I'm not mistaken, Cam Newton was fantastic last night. He was. Uh, maybe my eyes are tripping. So, to me, Cam Newton is going to be the starter. Like, I, I I get it. You drafted Mac Jones in the first round, and he will eventually be the starter. That's what happens when you draft the guy in the first round. But it ain't now. It will not be now. Cam Newton played very well, as did Mac Jones. But you – I mean, disclaimer – Neither one of them went against the starting defensive line of the Eagles. And so, how much stock do you put in it? But I know New England looked like they just were unstoppable last night on offense. They ran the ball when they wanted to run it. They threw it when they when they wanted to throw it. That was a really good display of offense they put on. 
Where do you stand just in general on Mac Jones? And, and uh, as a little bit of background, I loved him coming into the draft. And it wasn't really that I loved him as much as it was, you know, you start hearing he could go as high as number three to San Francisco. And then you hear the pushback. How can you possibly draft him that high? Anybody could have done what he did at Alabama. And I sit there and say, well, he completed 77% of his passes. And I don't care if he has the Heisman Trophy winner on the outside. I don't care if he has Najee Harris. I don't care if he has a great O-line. He completed 77.4% of his passes, the most in the history of college football. And if anyone could do what Mac Jones did, why has no one ever done it in the history of college football? And so I understand that athletically he's not where you want a modern-day quarterback to be. I understand he does have some limitations that other guys do not. But putting aside who was drafted before him, who was drafted after him, do you believe in this league, in this era, with the mobility that's needed from the quarterback position that he can still have success? success oh he can have success it really just depends on the offensive system I mean he went to a system that arguably had one of the worst athletically gifted quarterbacks ever but he's the best quarterback ever and so athleticism isn't the end-all be-all at the quarterback position that is just where the game has gone lately especially with the younger quarterbacks every quarterback that comes in for the most part is pretty mobile. Like, they can move. They're pretty good athletes. And Mac Jones doesn't fit the description, and that's fine. As long as you know where to go with the ball and you can throw in anticipation, you'll be successful. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome in John Middlecoff, former NFL scout, co-host of the 3 and Out podcast. John, what's going on, my man? How you guys doing? Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, John, and I want to start with this. So, for people who don't know, you are in the Bay Area, and you were right in the heat of the Mac Jones versus Trey Lance versus Justin Fields uh, debate uh, last April and March and May and, uh, you know, all spring long. And I'm sure you talked a ton about it on your show probably every day, frankly. Uh, Mac Jones looked really good last night. As TJ said, so did Cam Newton. This isn't an indictment on Cam Newton, but do you believe that in this modern era of NFL football where you got to kind of be a dual threat guy. You got to be able to make plays with your legs. Mobility is key. Do you believe that Mac Jones, kind of limited athletically as he is, is still a guy that's capable of having success in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, without question, guys are doing it right now, right? I mean, for example, Kirk Cousins had a, a fantastic year last season. I think he threw 36 or 37 touchdowns, and he can't move at all. So, I, you know, I, I think if the offense is the Patriot offense has really historically been predicated on probably 15 yards and in, right? Throwing to the tight ends, throwing a lot of wheel routes and stuff to the running backs. Not that Tom couldn't throw it deep. I mean, he had he could when he had Randy Moss. And then utilizing the slot receiver. So the, the, the argument around here, and for me personally, was Mac Jones. Now, Mac Jones was playing the threes last night. I mean, Cam was playing the twos. So you've got to put preseason into context. Uh, not, I mean, Cam has had success in his career, obviously, in normal games. But it's not about week one when you draft a guy at number three overall. It's about the next decade. And, and I think when you can get a guy starting from scratch who has more physical attributes than another guy, and if you think the character and the intelligence is all the same, uh, you go with the guy with the more upside. You know, and I, I think we're seeing it kind of play out with, you know, uh, Justin Herbert. Right. If you could do that over, I love Joe Burrow. He is a fantastic player. I hope he gets you know physically healthy from that bad knee injury. 
But Justin Herbert is physically on a different level than every quarterback, you know, him and Tua. He's just, he just is. So the ceiling of, of him is just higher. Now it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback a year later, but that, that was the argument about Mac Jones. And obviously Joe Burrow, for example, is much more physically gifted in terms of movement ability than Mac Jones. But th- this is not about, like, week one or even week five. It, it's really about the next, you know, seven to ten years. When, when you, so when you, when you look at just the quarterback position in general – Obviously, you you being up north with with the Niners, how do you see that competition playing out? And will we see Trey Lance starting under center this year? Yeah, I think you know the way coaches are, TJ. They just, I mean, and in fairness, they should. They kind of live in the present. You know, week one is the Super Bowl to Kyle, like it is to every NFL coach. They want to win week one. And I think Kyle is the most comfortable with Jimmy starting. That being said, like, Trey Lance at minimum is going to be – I mean, it's different, but like Taysom Hill, he's going to come into the game for a fact against the Lions. I mean, Kyle's already said that. Like, it's, it's happening. I, I think it just depends on a couple factors. One, how Jimmy's playing. If Jimmy's playing well and they're winning, kind of like the Chiefs, you know, years ago with Alex, if they're going to win the division with Jimmy, they'll, Jimmy will keep starting. Now, Trey will play, unlike that year with Mahomes. But Jimmy gets hurt a lot. I mean, historically, his, his seasons, he's been knocked out of several seasons at, you know, with the Patriots and with the Niners. And he hasn't always been good. Right? I mean, sometimes he plays poorly. So I, I can see Kyle having a quicker hook. It's hard to guess. But to me, if Jimmy gets injured, I think Trey would come in immediately, obviously. But then he might stay if he looks good. And two, if Jimmy struggles, I mean, it, it wouldn't shock me if, you know, week three or week four – you know, they're playing the Packers or Seattle, and Jimmy's playing bad. And, and Kyle, to me, would be liable to be like a baseball manager and like quick hook at halftime. Like I, he's, not, he's not married to Jimmy like I think some quarterbacks in the past in this situation. This is Doug Gottlieb show. Aaron Torres, TJ Hushmanzada filling in for Doug, joined by John Middlecoff, of course, the host of the Three and Out podcast. John, I don't want to make this all about uh, rookie quarterbacks, but I mean they are kind of interesting. Uh, do you yeah. make do, do you make anything of of the fact that that Urban Meyer is really kind of hesitant to name Trevor Lawrence's starters? That just a guy having to earn his reps, or maybe the fact that Gardner Minshew? It's not as though he doesn't have experience as a starter in this league. What do you make of the fact that you know at least publicly Urban Meyer is talking? about a, a quarterback competition in camp right now yeah to me it's kind of stupid in, in that individual situation like I would I get it with Jimmy Garoppolo a guy that's had success I got it with Alex Smith a guy who won a lot of games and led the team to the playoffs but that's and I even understand a little bit with Justin Fields Andy Dalton you know I would start Justin Fields but I mean Andy has a long resume of success in the NFL so I it, it's understandable this makes no sense for two, two reasons for me. One, it's not like Trevor Lawrence is some, like, questionable character guy that needs some motivation. Like, he's pretty locked in, you know. <laughs> his, his resume as a guy is pretty high level. And two, Minshew, like, what has that guy done? And, I, I, listen, I don't not like Gardner Minshew, but it, it feels a little collegiate to me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I honestly find it pretty stupid. I, I would just name him the starter. I'm with you. I, I said that from the get-go. He's the first pick. 1,000% week one, he's going to be the starter. Like, what are you doing? 
Like, Especially if he with a young team, I, I, what, what are we trying to prove here? Trevor doesn't need to prove himself. He already has proved himself for the last three years to be, the, to be named the starter on a terrible team. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Aaron Torres, TJ Hushmanzada in for Doug. Uh, what do you make now of switching gears from a, a you know a rookie to a, an experienced guy? Uh, you know, I was talking to TJ about this the other day. This Dak Prescott deal. You know, TJ said until it's game week, until it's time to go against the Bucks, I'm not going to worry about. It. I don't want to speak for you, TJ, but we were talking about this the other day. And so, is it time for Cowboys fans to be concerned? Is this part of the process? We know guys play less in the preseason now more than ever. Are you in the same kind of boat? in terms of, uh, you know, until it's game week, until it's time to face the Bucks, and he's not ready to go, that's when I'll get concerned? Yeah, I would say the preseason games, clearly you just look around the league, you know, there's a small percentage of teams that care. Ironically, it's all the old good coaches like Belichick, Arians, Andy Reid, they play the starters, but all the most of the coaches now bench everybody. I mean, last week the Packers played, you know, I think they're too deep, was in, in shorts and a T-shirt. So I, I'm not going to put much into preseason games. But to me, if he's not practicing for a guy who shattered his ankle and, and needs just these reps to get back in the rhythm, that would be a little concerning. And then, obviously, if he misses, if he misses regular season games, the Cowboys would be done. I mean, they, they have no chance to win without Dak Prescott. And, and you could argue that how good they're even going to be if they're fully healthy. Their defense is probably going to be terrible. But if, if Ben DiNucci's got to start, I, I would say the Cowboys would be in major trouble. We, we talked about this earlier today. What do you make of all these training camp fights? And you get you got the Raiders and the Rams fighting. You got this team and that. What, what do you make of these fights? Well, I, you know, I bet when you got to the league, double days, it was so long. I remember I first got to the league. It was right before the new CBA in 2010. Dude, it's so easy now. Like, what are you fighting uh, over? <laughs> I know. It was – I remember thinking, just standing on the sideline, I'm like, this is insane. It was just practice after practice after practice. And now, let's face it, I mean, relative to older school guys, I saw Rodgers mention it this week. He's like, listen, you know, I, I can complain about practice all we want, but I, I know what it used to be like, and this is kind of a – it's a cakewalk. I do, I do think, like talking to someone on the Raiders after the practice won, if something happens in that first practice, right, like if something happens in a game – the game ends and you don't see the guy again unless he's in your division. But in practice, like, for example, the Renfro stuff happened with Jalen Ramsey, and there's kind of like this tension in the air. So then you're kind of coming back and it's, it's already there. That, to me, it would be my guess at some of these situations is, like, it brews from the first practice and then spills over to the second practice because it's not, I mean, I, like, no one's tackling each other to the ground, even in these joint practices, right? So it's not even when they quote-unquote say it's a scrimmage, it's not really because it's thud. It's basically two-hand touch. I, I just do think it's a lot of John. And then occasionally, right, some people, if he's not your teammate, you don't quite know what buttons to push, and then all of a sudden Antonio Brown's blasting you in the face. Man, nice little counter left, <laughs> wasn't it? Ooh, it was yeah, nice. Got him good. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you about something in that division right now, John. The Carolina Panthers, you know, Sam Darnold had kind of this tongue-in-cheek comment. They said, it, you know, get, getting hit, something about that. And he said, oh, you know, I have plenty of experience with that, uh, obviously referencing the Jets stuff. But do you think – when you look at him, and obviously Matt Rule has a track record dating back to his college days, Joe Brady has a track record dating back to his college days, do you believe this is a real reclam- reclamation project that can be – like, is Sam Darnold a guy that can be salvaged? Was it a Jets situation? Was it a Darnold? situation 
I think we just kind of look at him and kind of forget that he's even still uh, an NFL starting quarterback. And I, I think he's one of the more interesting players coming into the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm biased. I mean, I'm a Pac-12 West Coast guy. I just naturally root for these guys. Like, I'm a Sam Darnold fan. But, I, I you know, if, I, if I'm going to rag on Urban Meyer, who had way more success in college than, you know, Matt Rule, and, and my buddies who in the scouting community that had gone through Baylor and Temple love Matt Rule. Like, I, I've never heard one negative thing said about him. Like, they think he's a really high-level guy. But he'd only coached one year in the league. And it's a pretty big transition. So I think we all, and I do it, I'm guilty, like just talk about him like he's a really good coach. He was a really good coach in college. Is he going to be a good coach in the pros? And then Joe Brady, again, I was a huge fan of Joe Brady at LSU, who wasn't, his offense was awesome. But he was, you know, he, he was a quality control guy in the NFL. And then, boom, he had all that success. He became an offensive coordinator. I do think there's a lot of unknown with those two guys, right? Like if, if he was – if Sam was coming to Kyle Shanahan or Andy Reid or Sean Payton or Sean McVay or, you know, a guy that's had a lot of success in the NFL with quarterbacks, you'd go, okay, I, I think this guy. But I, I don't know. We'll see. Now, they do have talent, right? Their receivers can fly. McCaffrey's a stud. Uh, it's just, I, you know, it's such a coaching league when it comes to quarterbacks and resurrecting a career. And the one thing that Sam, you know, just needs to do is he needs to take better care of the ball. He can be – you know, gunslinger's the, probably even the wrong word because he doesn't have the biggest arm. He can just be kind of just loose. And uh, that was a big knock on him when he was clearly on the trading block. I know a lot of teams were just – had like a little – you know, he's he's a different type player because he's much more mobile than Jameis, but same type deal with Jameis. Like you just – you don't always trust him, even though he has the physical talent when he's letting go of the ball. And we'll have to see how that plays out. Now, the division could be bad. I mean, Tampa's loaded, but Atlanta could stink. And the Saints could just – I mean, they could take a huge step back. So it, it might just be a little bit of an opening for Carolina to just compete to be 500. But before I can just put my stamp of approval like it's going to happen, I, I, I need to see it first. He, he is John Middlecoff, host of the 3 and Out podcast on the Fox Sports Radio Network, also former NFL scout. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, at John Middlecoff. John, thank you for the time, my man. Appreciate we appreciate your it. time, John. Thank you. Hey, thanks, fellas. Have a good weekend. See you. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a&e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Doug Gottlieb show, Aaron Torres and TJ Hushmansada filling in for Doug. Make sure to listen to TJ 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern time on Saturdays up on Game with LeVar Arrington and Plaxico Burris. I host every Saturday night, 11 p.m. Eastern with Arnie Spanier. You know, TJ, I tell my wife all the time, I don't like playing games. But the one time I do like it, the Doug Gottlieb show, Deb Carson. This is game time. Terrible throw, by the way. On the Doug Gottlieb show. Terrible throw, Deb Carson, by the way. Well, speaking of terrible. It came in my head. Speaking of terrible throws, that might pertain to the uh, the first question. Okay, okay, let's go. All right, but John Ramos, which game are we playing? Psychic. All right, Aaron and TJ, today's questions for the psychic. Which quarterback will get the most regular season snaps for the New England Patriots this year? So my crystal ball tells me I think it will be Mac Jones, not only because obviously he will be the future. Cam Newton, you know, he's getting up there in age. I don't know how healthy he is going to be. He missed some games last year, uh, obviously has had injuries throughout the last three or four years. So I will say the combination of wanting to get Mac Jones reps and Cam Newton just getting up there in age, you know, playing in an aggressive way, I could see him missing some time. 
I think by landslide it would be Cam Newton. Ooh. I didn't know when you turned 32 it was considered old in the world of quarterbacking. But uh, I believe Cam Newton, the way he's looked thus far, getting to the Patriots late last year, getting COVID last year, I believe it will easily be Cam Newton. All right, good answers, and I'm going to side with TJ on this one too. I think Ooh, uh, I think they fired. I think they let uh, let Max sit a little bit, catch a breath, and and then eventually, if things don't go well at the end of the season, uh, they'll put him in. But if not, it's Cam's team. All right, the Ravens have won an amazing 18 straight preseason games. They play at Carolina tomorrow, and then at Washington in their final preseason game. Will the Ravens streak end this year? And if so, which team beats them? TJ, you go ahead. Man, you it's almost like uh, playing roulette in Vegas when you start winning 18 games in a row. I'm a roll with you until they <laughs> fall off. So I'm going to say they're not losing this year. I'll make it 20. Uh-huh. The, the only reason I'll say they lose is because, as uh, John Middlecoff referenced a minute ago, the older coaches love to compete in the preseason. Ron Rivera with the Washington football team. He'll have his boys ready for that final preseason game, ready to go. I got Washington over Baltimore. Mar- mark it down, final week of the preseason. Wow, very funny. I just think it's funny that we're keeping track of preseason streaks now. But uh, anyway. That's right. signs of a good <laughs> roster. That's what that is. That's right. Well, which rookie receiver will have the most receptions this season psychics i will say i'm gonna say jamar chase i know that joe burrow obviously uh you know he we were talking a minute ago about his concerns with his injury but just because i trust the quarterback more than i trust tua with jalen waddle or jalen hurts with uh jalen hurts with Devonte smith i will go with jamar chase i'm gonna hit y'all with a curveball uh-oh i'm gonna go with elijah moore and the jets oh i like that I'll go with him. I thought he should have been a first-round pick. Talent-wise, easy. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Elijah Moore. Gotcha. Come on, Zach Wilson. I like that. All right. Well, on a morbid note, shall we say, who's going to be the first NFL head coach fired either during or after the season? Oh, boy. Wow. TG, you got anybody on the top of your head? Man, I'm, when she said that, I was just kind of going through teams like, oh, you hate to do this. I'll say uh, Vic Fangio. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury feels like one. My crystal ball says Joe Judge is safe. Obviously, a lot of first-year guys. Just for the sake of being different, I will. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go curveball. Curveball. Minnesota. Nah, you know what? I'm going with Cliff Kingsbury. My cur- my crystal ball could not convince me to go with the curveball. Cliff Kingsbury, Arizona. All righty, and let's see if we have uh, John. Do we have time for one more question? Well, a very important question for the psychics. 50 years from now, which former Bengals wide receiver will be considered to have had the biggest impact on broadcasting? Will it be Chris Collinsworth or will it be the great T.J. Hushmanzada? <laughs> hey, I got a long way to go, so I mean, I got to be realistic here. It's, I think it will always be Chris Collinsworth because he's done such a great job. I I got a long way. I'm talking about L-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O, long way to go. Well, I'm going to say the opposite because you you got a long time. You, you know, you're just getting started in this game. So I am going to say TJ Hushmanzada. I mean, I don't want to say Broadcasting Hall of Fame right now. It's a little early for that. But, you know, 50 years from now, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. All right. That was that was game time. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Were you ready for that one, TJ? 
I actually like that game. That's pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, so do you know Chris at all? Have you got a chance to work with him? I mean, obviously he never worked with him. I mean, I, I don't personally know him and we see each other we'll speak but i don't personally know him but chris is fantastic man that's he does a hell of a job for sure at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st. 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.